And welcome back. This is the Never Ending Glory Podcast. I am your host, Luke Grilly, here with Jerry Burris for the second night in a row. There are no days off in the podcast game, except for tomorrow night, probably, because we're going to run out of content. Um, welcome back again, Jerry. We spent about two hours last night talking WWE, and tonight we have yet another special guest on. We're going to talk NBA Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals. So... How is everything going over there, Jer? Well, I'm excited. The Cavs are playing tomorrow night. we got the uh, Warriors playing right now as we speak. But um, let's talk some Cavs here. Yes, we will definitely talk Cavs. And we actually probably have one of the best uh, guests to talk Cavs. I would call him an expert in all things Cleveland. His nickname is the King of Cleveland. He played three years varsity basketball at Walsh University as a guard and was a national championship his senior year. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome the 2015 League from the Ville champion, <laughs> Jason Farkey Farkas. Welcome, Jason. Thank you. Slow Thanks, clap. Nice to, nice to be on here. I appreciate it. You guys have done a great job so far with the show. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an advocate. Um, been trying to send it out to everyone I know. Found some more people this evening through work that are going to be listening in. And uh, you know, we're really excited about everything you guys got going on. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a great great thing having you on, Farky. Uh, like I said, Farky knows all things NBA basketball. He's an avid fan. Obviously, he is loyal to Cleveland. Being while living in Tampa, he is a Clevelander at heart. Uh, he recently, like I said, was the king of Cleveland, but had to move back down or move down to Tampa due to his job relocation. So um, we do miss you in Cleveland. But obviously, Farkey being the man of his of his word, he comes back for any major Cleveland event because the city needs him. Not all heroes wear capes. So, um, <laughs> you know, I do I do have to tell you something too uh, from last night's show. Um, somewhere, Celine Dion is kicking and screaming because uh, you anointed Drake as the uh, crown. <laughs> and I don't know if she'd agree with that. And I know three members of a certain band called Rush that might not agree with that either. And I mean, maybe Chad Kroger, Avril Lavigne, and um, who else? We got R- Brian Adams would be pretty Jim pissed Carey. off too. But, but um, you know, uh, Tom Green. I mean, we can go on and on. Uh, but the most relevant person right now from Canada is probably Drake. So I'm going to stick with that. But uh, so, Fark, you're down in Tampa now. Tell me about it. Is it really the armpit of America or is it actually a nice place to visit? Well, it's not Cleveland. That's that's for sure, because I think yesterday it was, what, 34 degrees in Cleveland. It was 94 in Tampa. So it's oh, wow. not Cleveland. Um, one of the, one of the big benefits I've found is that after 12 PM golf prices are slashed by about 50% due to the <laughs> fact that people will melt if you golf afternoon. So, um, that's been a, that's been a, a nice treat. Uh, it's, it's also only going to get hotter and more humid from what I understand. And mosquitoes are out 24 hours a day. So unless you have your yard sprayed and your house, your property sprayed, um, it can be a, a little rough, but other than that, it's uh, it's also a, a big hockey state, believe it or not. So that's been uh, interesting to observe. We have all the New Englanders to move down to Florida once once they retire. So I think you have a lot of transplants down there who become hockey, become Lightning fans while also being Bruins fans or uh, Rangers fans and all that. So I mean, it's not so, too, too surprising that it's, it's a big hockey state, even though it's mid nineties year round, but, uh, yeah, good luck in July and August with the humidity at an all time high. Fortunately, you don't have any hair. So Watch you out to for Zika too, man. Yeah. You'll, you'll be the Zika. first to get Zika. No doubt. Yeah. You want to hear something? Uh, 
Florida just received its first Zika case two weeks oh, ago. Good. So oh, good. That's nice. Uh, we have that well, going for us now, well, too. Well, don't come back to Cleveland, then. Stay down there. Yeah, yeah. And I, I hear it's sexually transmitted as well, so uh, you got to watch out <laughs> in the bars, too. Well, uh, just to compound the problem, I'm going on a cruise in two weeks. So. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Fight fire with fire. Okay. So, uh, Farky is on Twitter. You can follow him at Farkas2220. And, of course, you can find us on Twitter, Glory Podcast. It's easy to find us on Facebook as well, Never Ending Glory Podcast. We had a bunch of new followers today after our WWE mock draft last night. That was a big hit on the interwebs. Of course, send us emails, negpodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on our companion blog where we post new content on a daily basis, uh, www.negpodcast.com. If you're interested in seeing some of the worst Photoshop jobs I've ever seen, make sure you check out the companion blog because Luke's doing uh, a yeoman's work when it comes to doing the Photoshop job. So keep it up. So that that, that was Microsoft Paint. Um, And, you know... (laughs) You, you kind of just got to work with the straps that you're given sometimes. I, I'm waiting for the uh, for the the template that I asked you to make me, but you're too busy editing uh, podcasts, so we just got to make do with what we got. Okay, Jer? Let's, let's just do it. That's part of our charm, though, I feel like. I feel like, you know, we kind of half-ass it, and it, it's all right. It, 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 it's just it makes us who we are. If you say so. so. All right. <laughs> Anyway, so let's get into the Eastern Conference Finals. As we mentioned, the Cleveland Cavaliers are facing the two-seed Toronto Raptors. Hopefully it's an interesting series, but most likely it's probably not going to be. Cleveland is on an 8-0 run in the playoffs right now and are pretty well rested, while the Raptors um, just finished a seven-game series with Miami. For the season, the Raptors have a 2-1 to advantage on the season. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see if, Toronto has turned the corner. You know, this is their first time in the Eastern Conference Finals. They're a pretty young team. You know, they've only been in the NBA for 20 years, so they don't have a ton of playoff experience. But also the players on their roster don't have a ton of playoff playoff experience as well. So even though there's a head-to-head record here where the Raptors are up 2-1, I don't see any reason why LeBron James and the Cavs shouldn't have their way with Toronto in this series. So, Farkey, you're the Cleveland guy. You know the NBA. You know basketball. Give me some keys to success for the for the Cavs here. Well, I'm anxious for the series first of all because it's another step in the in the right direction to the first championship in 50 plus years in Cleveland. But it's hard to withhold the excitement thinking about the finals. So this is, I don't know. It's it, hopefully this is just a quick, swift beating. Um, I would say, you know, with the Cavs being off since May 9th. They're, they're certainly going to be fresh. Um, totally different situation is what we were in last year. Everybody knows about the two main injuries. Um, the keys to success for the Cavs, really it comes down to defense effort, not getting complacent. I, I think we struggle a lot of times with rotation defense. Um, you know, we have, there's they jack it. Um, Schillig, who was on uh, yesterday, mentioned the fact that these guys shoot a ton of jump shots. They do. A lot of times they're they're bad choices, but um, in any event, they, they do shoot it a lot. So um, rotation on defense, getting out on shooters, getting the hand up. Um, the same thing that we struggle with every game, no dribble, dribble, shoot, passing the ball around, finding the open guy. Um, you know, LeBron needs to be the guy that's patient, using court vision, 
not walking over half court, jacking up a three off of, off of a couple dribbles, fading back. You know, the same things really that that we go through as challenges with this team really for the entire season. But um, at, at this point, I think that they have a confidence to them and, and have even started to to gain a little bit of an edge, especially listening to everything going on with Golden State. You know, the Cavs really, for 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 the record-setting three-point shooting that they've had in this playoffs, they've they've kind of still slid under the radar a little bit with, with everybody talking about Golden State and everything they've accomplished and how it's – you know the the biggest series in in probably a few years in the playoffs with them matched up tonight, starting with uh, Oklahoma City. So, well, and also I think that I think that the fact that they've gone eight and zero and the series are over pretty quick, that there's no reason to really talk about them. So that that hasn't helped all the the chatter or lack of chatter around the Cavs. Um, but I agree with you. I think LeBron really needs to make sure he's a scorer and a passer. In a previous podcast, I mentioned that in this playoffs this playoff run so far, he's playing more like magic than Jordan, which, you know, if he continues to play like magic Johnson, then I think the Cavs have a great chance to win the championship, regardless of it, if it's Oklahoma city or golden state. So, uh, you talked about shooting the three, as long as they keep on shooting the three and hitting the three, I think that's really going to help them, uh, move forward in this, in this playoff series. And uh, also the role player contribution. We saw big games from Richard Jefferson, J.R. Smith, Matthew Della Lodova. As long as those guys help out LeBron and Kyrie and K-Love and Tristan Thompson consistently off the bench, take the pressure off of them, I really see no reason why this, this series won't be over quickly. So. Well, they- they get they get themselves in trouble too when they don't when they don't rebound. We Tristan Thompson's a constant. He's going to be there every game. But when we get complacent, you know, get in position and rebounding the ball, uh, Bismack, he he I think averaged like thirteen rebounds per game in the last four games against the Heat. I mean, he can he can rebound the ball. He fights for position. We as long as we're as long as we're not getting lazy on on defense and and uh, you know doing doing a lot of the bad habits that we've done over the course of the season that's that's the key here because really it's it's going to be a formality to me this this team's really probably the seventh best team in the west the raptors are um, i don't know it's it's really we we could really concentrate on a lot of things to get us better for the finals as long as we're not you know shooting ourselves out of this series right right jerry any thoughts on how the cavs can make this uh, a quick series just to kind of piggyback on what Jason was saying, um, my favorite stat is, is offensive efficiency rating. And if and the Cavs are so skewed because of their you know record-setting three-point game they had, and you know really the string of three-pointers they've been doing. And a lot of the times it's like we had our guys sitting in the fourth, so it's hard to go off those numbers. But I do think the offensive efficiency ratings for the Raptors tell a little bit of a tale here. Okay. The highest rated guy, Kyle Lowry, 103.4. Patrick Peterson, 103.4. And even that's a little skewed because he had a big game seven, I thought. Um, But if you look at their plus minus, um, their starting five is a negative 0.7. And they have guys like DeMar DeRozan at negative 4.1. Now, you take a guy like J.R. Smith, whose numbers are outrageous, 11.1 for his plus minus, and Channing Fry is an unbelievable 18.3 plus minus um, because of his one game. I don't know what that math is going to really tell you because of, like you said, only playing eight games. It's a short, it's a short postseason, and we're going to be so fresh. I don't like the talk I keep hearing on the radio 
that we might have a little bit of rust. These guys are professionals. They need the rest. They shoot so much during practice and, and the warm-ups. It's not, a, it's not a rust thing. I'm not worried about that. Our number one thing that killed us last year in the playoffs was obviously being overworked and injuries. We don't have that. And I don't think there's a way that these guys can stop us. It's going to be over quick, and we're moving on to the next round. So, so Burris has already he's already punched his ticket to the NBA Finals. Which I'm not saying that the Toronto's going to come in here and shock the world, but I mean, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit here. I think that you definitely have to be in some sort of rhythm. And yes, you're right; they're practicing right now. They're professionals. They'll definitely. I, I think that there's there's no way that they can't come back. I don't know. I, I'm back and forth on this because I see where you're coming from, but at the same time, there's a big difference between practicing every day and playing an actual competitive game. So, yes, I think this Cavs team is dialed in, and I don't think there's going to be a huge setback. Unfortunately, I think the talent level on the Cavs is much higher than what's on the Raptors. Yes. So even if there is some sort of setback, I don't think it'll be a huge setback, but I think it will be the reason why this game is – or the series is finished in six games versus four, like the other two. So right. again, not a huge, not a huge thing, but um, you know, the Cavs, we all know what they do, how they do it. They've been the most dominant team in the East for pretty much from wire to wire, but you have to admit that Toronto has played well. The, probably the second, the second series, they really outplayed themselves in, um, in comparison to the first series, mainly Lowry and DeRozan. Um, and also they saw Bismack, Biombo really step up and be a difference maker after Jonas Velikunius went down with that ankle injury and he will miss game one and likely game two. So, you know, if Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan are able to continually put up 50 to 60 points a game, I think that will keep the Toronto Raptors competitive in this series. Will win them the series? Probably not, but I think it will keep them competitive. And I also want to touch upon the efficiency rating that you were talking about, Jared with DeRozan. Remember, he really struggled early on in the first first series. So oh, big time. So I think those numbers are a little skewed. They've gotten a lot better. I'd like to see those efficiency numbers from this past series. But again, they they're the two big guys. They're the big two on this team. They really need to step up, and I think they're the biggest keys to success for the for Toronto being competitive in the series. So, and it's not to interrupt, but. I think you said something really important there. The, they're big too. I'm not. I just don't think that guys three through eight for the Raptors are getting it done. Damari Carroll doesn't scare me. Uh, you know, like you said, Bizback Biamo might be able to you know be a force on the boards, but I think he's canceled out by a Tristan Thompson. And I just think the depth this year compared to last year is so much greater that when you've got a Mon Shumper coming off the bench as like your you know seventh eighth guy. I, I'm I'm all for it. Let's go. I'm, I don't think they're stopping us. Well, you're right. Yep. You, guys, yep. you guys mentioned the the big two. I mean, everybody's kind of putting a lot into these last two games by Lowry, but and and he did play well the last two games. But but for the entire playoffs, the two combined, you, you mentioned fifty to sixty points. I mean, they're nowhere near that. They're they're averaging like thirty three points a game combined, thirty three percent from the field, eighteen percent from the three point line. I mean. Those those two games are are really just a, a small piece of what they've really done in these playoffs. I I just don't have much reason to believe that those two games are going to be what continues in this series. Yeah, do not forget the crap fest that Kyle Lowry had in Game One of this past series. 
Well, and, and also everybody's mentioning, well, they, they won two out of three during the regular season. I mean, what value can we really put in the regular season in the NBA? I mean, <laughs> to me, that's that's like a laughable statistic because it's it's always an effort thing with everybody in the NBA in the regular season. Maybe not Golden State. or, or Not the Celtics. Celtics. Not the Celtics. <laughs> they win all the big ones on the road. <laughs> They did, but no, you, and, you and, well, and and also with the Cavs, I mean, they can be a very disinterested team in the regular season, um, and they also they were smart to rest LeBron a few games and rest some of their starters, so they would be fresh heading into the playoffs. So I didn't, I don't see a big difference. I don't take much stock into uh, the two one series record this season in favor of the Raptors. So again, that was just a stat I wanted to throw out there because you know just doing my due diligence. But um, you're right. You you could probably throw that out because the playoffs. You know, this is zero dark thirty twenty three. LeBron James. Okay, he's super serious right now. So <laughs> you sound you, facetious. You, you, <laughs> he, he is. He, he's 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 throwing jabs. But you know what? He does he does take it serious in the playoffs. We do know that. I know. I know. I'm just whenever I can give Le, LeBron James crap, you know I have to. So you know, it, um, but also in all seriousness, with with talking about some keys in in saying instead of you know shooting all these threes, trying to get away from that a little bit too, because eventually when these threes don't fall, especially against the Raptors, um, they have to they have to change their their offense up. They have to vary it because these things start bouncing off the rim, get long rebounds, they're going to start giving up fast breaks, and that's when the Raptors can kind of stay in the game and, and make it a flow that they want to play. Yeah, I think when you live by the sword and die by the sword, obviously you have to keep in mind of, of that fact. And that that was kind of part of my point where, well, these guys have been shooting the three so well, they take a few days off and all of a sudden the balls aren't dropping like they used to. So um, you have to take that into consideration. So I think the other thing too is, and we, we glanced on him and I touched upon him really quickly is Bismarck Biombo. I mean, this guy has really been playing well. And he's not going to put up 30 points and 20 rebounds, but he's a legitimate rim defender, and he's a pretty physical player and a pretty phys- pretty good physical specimen. I mean, he, he played out of his mind against Miami the last two games, and I was really impressed by him averaging a double-double. The only thing is, and again, I touched upon this about the whole Raptors team as a whole, is he's young and he's immature. I mean, we after he made a big block, he did the Dikembe Mutombo, and kind of got distracted for a second there. And then he had a huge dunk and did the Usain Bolt uh, little celebration. And by doing that, he was slow on his transition to defense. So um, I think with the Cavs, they've been there. They've done it. They know what it takes to win. Toronto's not there yet. They're, they're a good team. This is probably the best they're going to do in the next 10, 15 years, uh, just because it's a weak East. So, Cleveland, I'll make my prediction now. I think Cleveland wins it in six. Again, I think there's going to be a game or two where maybe, I'm not going to say the Cavs are disinterested, but maybe Lowry and DeRozan, they break out for huge games and and they win games on their home floor. But for the most part, I think Cleveland's going to be winning this in six games. It's not even going to feel like six games. It's going to feel like, all right, well, they took one or two from us, but we really were in control for most of the series. So, yeah, Cleveland in six games. Farky, what do you think? How long do you think it'll take for Cleveland to take this series? Four games. Four games. Okay. Heard it here first. Jer? I second that. Four games. I said that yesterday. I've been saying that since we closed out uh, our previous series. I think we got it in four. I think this is going to be a 12-game Eastern Conference. And 
Deservedly so. The East is garbage. Except for the Celtics. Well, that's that's like your opinion, man. <laughs> it's my podcast, man. I can have my opinion. Um, no, the Celtics think, are garbage. Don't think LeBron ha- isn't thinking nonstop already about what, what Lowry said, either about best players in the league other than Steph. Well, of course, because LeBron's a prima donna, and that's, he just cares about what people think about him. But that's besides the point. Well, uh, I guess you can make the argument, too, that if you take your daughter up to the podium after every post game, you probably are worried about what people think of you, too. <laughs> brand. Absolutely it's all right. branding. He's trying to build his brand, man, and his daughter's brand. We get, um, we get it. You're a good dad. You're around. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> his father won NBA Man of the Year a few times, I feel like, or six man all the time, and that's pretty much the same thing. Um, so, anyways, you know, again, this is a, a Cleveland slash New England podcast, and we obviously want to talk Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. And we'll talk a little bit more about LeBron James after this next segment. Um, but really, the, the interesting conference finals matchup is the Western Conference Finals. And as Jerry mentioned, game one is going on now between Oklahoma City and Golden State. Uh, in the second quarter with nine minutes left, Golden State's already up nine. So we'll see how this game ends up and update you as it goes. Um, but... Warriors are 3-0 against the Thunder this season, and that says a lot, I think, because, again, it's a little bit different than the Eastern the Eastern Conference, where it's not very competitive. The Western Conference, almost every game mattered. Uh, obviously, Oklahoma City was trying to beat the defending champs as much as they could, and, and they couldn't get it done. The first and third game were not blowouts, but they really weren't that close. But the second game was 121-118 to 118 overtime thriller that we'll never forget. Uh, Steph Curry from the parking lot with 0.8 seconds left, shooting a 32-footer three-pointer to win the game. I remember watching that game. That's one of those shots and one of those games where five years later we'll be talking about, like, oh, remember that shot Steph Curry had? It was all over SportsCenter the next day. Um, It was just an unbelievable shot. And I think we're going to see a lot of games like that in this Western Conference Finals. Obviously, Golden, Golden State's the team to beat. But Oklahoma City has been playing really well the past few games. They took down the heavily favored San Antonio Spurs, which was pretty unexpected. They dominated them towards the end of the series. But I think this game, this series is going to be really exciting. It's going to be one of those ones from the mid-90s where you saw like the – or like the mid-2000s where you saw the, the Lakers versus the Kings just duke it out. It was just always a fun series to watch. I, I feel like that's going to be, it's going to be a very old school throwback series. So Farky, what's your take on this? Does, does golden state, are they just going to dominate again? Or is this going to be a pretty, um, heavily contested series by the golden state warriors, um, by the Oklahoma city thunder. I, I like golden state in this series. Um, I don't, I don't think it's going to be, you know, a set of games of blowouts. I think it, it I think it'll stay, pretty close fairly close for the most part um I, for me I'm, I'm interested to see who kind of makes their adjustment first do you have golden state do they go with their small lineup first or does oklahoma city get to their big lineup before them with canner and adams you know really Ibaka was was pretty disappointing against the spurs other than the three he was pretty much a no-show in that series and they really did move more to the the canter adams combination um Adams played like 36 minutes a game against the Spurs, which is a ton. They, they took a lot of minutes away from Ibaka. But um, I think that going into this first game, Oklahoma City probably has a lot of confidence after having, you know, getting two road wins against the Spurs. That's like unheard of. But, um, 
you know, Westbrook's going to have to play a ton of minutes, and it, it, he plays at such a high octane pace. You can't let him play 40 to 45 minutes in a game at, at, at that type of level. He'll burn out, and then mm-hmm. he gets in bad habits in the fourth quarter with shot selection, things like that. Um, so I, I, I think that the key for them is they, they have to shoot it really, really well. They're going to have to have low turnovers, and um, they're going to have to try to, to switch to their larger lineup in lieu of Golden State going to, to that smaller lineup first. Right. And and I was actually very disappointed in Serge Ibaka as well, but I think he matches up a little bit better with Golden State just because he's a lot more athletic. He can keep up with the high the high pace that Golden State's going to run. Um, and it, really, the Spurs, they slow you down. And Serge Ibaka does, does not lend himself to that as much as he would against Golden State. So, uh, Jer, what do you think about this series? I think it's going to really come down to the stars. It's going to come down to KD and it's going to come down to Russell Westbrook. If it's going to be interesting how they match up with Steph Curry. Who's going to be the one to take him? Um, is it going to be Kevin Durant, which they did a little bit in that, that thriller game you're talking about in the um, um, overtime victory in the last on that last deep shot? Are they going to try to match up uh, a little bit smaller on him just to keep pace? It's, it's going to be interesting what they do. But I think it's coming down to what are Katie and Ross Westbrook going to do um, in this in the spotlight, they are the they are the chance that they they're the only chance they have to beat these. And as far as the Warriors go, they just got to play their style. If, they, if they're going to win this thing, they're going to win it their way. They're not going to change. They're not going to see any crazy lineups. I do like watching the Bogut Adams matchup. You're going to have two of the ugliest guys in the NBA going at it, and uh, <laughs> it's going to make for some interesting basketball. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think I think you really need to see a guy like Draymond Green continue to be heavily involved in the offense on the inside and the outside, and he will be. Um, but also, last year, Andre Iguodala was the guy who really stepped up, was the NBA Finals MVP, not Clay, not Steph Curry. It was Iguodala who had some huge games. So I think you need to see him really step up for this playoff run because Steph, while he's been playing great, he still is 100%. Uh, again, Clay lives and, bi- lives and dies by the three ball. If that doesn't fall, you need a guy who can play on the inside and the outside, and that's Iguodala for you. So, but you're right. They just got to keep on doing what they do. Shoot, shoot, shoot. That's what got them there. That's what got them the championship last year. And I think that's what's probably going to help lead them. If they do win this series, it'll be because they're shooting at a 50% clip yet again. Marky, what do you think? You bring up Iguodala, and it's it's a good point. Everybody talks about that. It's been tagged the death lineup that Golden State runs with now. Curry, Clay, Iguodala, Barnes, and Green. Um, I, I heard a number today that was just ridiculous. They're like plus 45 net rating in two games, equal in like 17 minutes with that lineup in. Um, you know, we talked about them going small. If they if they can get to that lineup, um, really no one's been able to play with that lineup. It's just a matter of, um, you know, how – Oklahoma City would counter it with a with a larger lineup, but when those guys are together and and they've got Iguodala out there and he's defending, and those guys are like you mentioned earlier, just up and down, running and gunning, it's it's almost impossible. And then you know, poor Oklahoma City, they have the one wild card working against them in all games. That's Deion Waiters, who we all know real well out of Cleveland. Um, you know, his short time lived with the Cavs for obvious reasons, but. Um, if, if he tries to become too involved in the offense, it's certainly going to not help Oklahoma City. Will he or will he not elbow somebody while trying to inbound the ball? That uh, is the question. That's a great question. I, I, his grill. 
Yeah, I would like to say he won't, but that's why he's Dion Waiters because he probably would again. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I, I, th- I think the big thing too right now we mentioned the stars Durant and Westbrook. They've been averaging fifty three points combined so far in the playoffs. They need to be averaging at least sixty every night, night in, night out. Whether that's thirty thirty. 40-20, 50-10, I don't know what it has to be, but they need to be averaging 60 in order to keep up with this Golden State team. Well, we talked about Westbrook, too. How many minutes is he going to play? There's a, another side to that, too. Not only is it minutes, but what type of minutes does he have to play? I think uh, Robertson's going to start on Curry. Uh, that's who I, I I would match up with him. But how many minutes is Westbrook going to end up having to guard Curry for? I mean, playing 45 minutes at that clip, that kind of speed, and then also guarding Curry, it's it just doesn't correlate. It's, it's not sustainable throughout the series. Right. Right. So personally, I, I think that, uh, Dave is going to slay Goliath. I think that what? Oklahoma city. Oh yeah. I said it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oklahoma city in seven. I said it. Every ESPN expert picked golden state. I'm going against the green. I'm taking the road, less traveled, go thunder in seven. Reason being, if the Thunder do not win this series, you can already start printing the Kevin Durant Golden State Warriors jerseys because there's no way he's staying in Oklahoma City. Sorry, Boston. There's no way he's coming here. He's going to going to Golden State. He will go to Oakland, and he will become form the next power team. Um, but I'm taking Thunder in seven. Burris, what do you think? Um, I'm a little bewildered by that choice, but I'm going to go uh, Warriors in six. Warriors in six. Sparky, I have Warriors and six. Warriors and six. You know, you'll be happy to know Chris Webber also chose Oklahoma City in seven. So you got that going for you. Well, that's great. Um, he has shown to be very clutch in high pressure moments, and he's probably <laughs> under a lot of pressure when he made that pick. And I have all the faith in the world in Chris Webber making the right decision. So tonight, uh, we will. I bet you. Golden State's probably going to take game one, but Oklahoma City will take game two, and it will go to seven, and Oklahoma City will move on to face the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA Finals. So we talked about Golden State. We talked about Cleveland. There are two very good players on each team. Well, there's more than that, but there's two in particular that we want to touch upon, and both these guys made some waves in the media this week after Steph Curry won his second MVP. LeBron James was asked about the MVP and he had some comments about that, you know, asking, well, what, what exactly makes an MVP? Again, the, some of the comments were misconstrued because that is the media for you kind of chopping and screwing them um, to kind of just preach whatever story they want to tell. But we're going to talk about the MVP and whether or not Steph Curry truly did deserve it. Did he deserve to be the unanimous MVP? I'm not sure, but I think he deserved to be the MVP. I know Farkey and Burris both have different comments on that. And we're going to actually preface this. Um, Colin Cowherd, who I absolutely can't stand just because he's an arrogant, cocky, annoying man. Uh, he had a pretty cool segment where he, he mentioned this and he had some stats to back himself up. Um, and and I'll fart you. You want to kind of go over that real quick? What did you think about Cowherd's state, uh, seg- segment? And I'll let you lead off on why you think LeBron James is the 2015-2016 MVP. 
Well, I'm, I'm going to explain real quick what his comments were, but I'm sure you're you're going to have all kinds of value that you're going to rebuttal against that. So I'm, I'm looking absolutely. Uh, I'm kind of neutral to Cowherd. There's some stuff that I'm okay with, some I'm not. But anyway, I caught this a couple of days ago and. His big thing, and, and, and I was interested in it because we have this argument all the time, and he summed it up in, in, in a way that most normal, rational people can understand. So the, the main thing is, what is the award? Is it the best player? Is it the best season? Is it the most valuable player? Is it the most impactful player? That, that can be argued. But in this case, the most valuable player. So he said, you know, look, this is asinine that LeBron's finished third the last two years. He said, never has there been a single player probably in the history of the NBA as valuable as LeBron. Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time. Wilt Chamberlain's probably the most dominant player of all time. But the person that brings the most value to his team, the most impactful player in the league is LeBron. And, and he he did. He brought up the stats. Okay, you take, take LeBron out of Cleveland. They go from a 55-win team, then they win 21, they win 24, they win 27, they win 31, comes back, they win 56. So so that that was, in summary, his point. And I completely agree with it. In fact, he took it a step further and said he thinks Chris Paul is the second most valuable player in the league to his team, which you could use the the example of this year's playoffs by that. So uh, go go ahead, Luke. Let's hear it. I'm, I'm waiting. Baited <laughs> teeth. Okay, so I agree that LeBron James is super valuable. And I also agree with your point that what makes up the MVP? Is it the best single is it the best single player that season? Is it the most valuable player to your team? And I think that's obviously left up to the guys who vote for it, all the different journalists who vote for the award. Uh, well, it, it, that real quick, sorry. The Simmons these guys too, they also abuse their vote. Because right. Simmons said he voted against LeBron because of how uh, because of how he tweeted during the season. So to me, that's just <laughs> right. And 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 that sounds like me just complaining about LeBron James. But if I if I have the role of voting for the MVP, I wouldn't take that into consideration. I think you have to take a look at the play on the court. I could care less what goes on off the court. It's kind of like uh, why Albert Bell didn't win the MVP and Mo Vaughn won it instead of him. Because Albert Bell hated the media, and so the media didn't vote for him. Same thing with why some guys are making the Hall of Fame in the NBA, in the Major League Baseball, and some aren't. That some are steroid guys, and some, even though they haven't been called out or they haven't been found guilty of being on steroids, the the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame voters just refuse to vote for him for that sole fact. So I think sometimes player or voters take what the players attitude into play a little bit too much. And I don't like that. I, I want to talk about what's on what the play on the court. So to, to so go are back you gonna, to are point, you going to argue individual or are you going to argue valuable team player? Well, I, it's a little bit of both. I think, I think there's a formula that you have to look at. So I'm just going to go back to when you mentioned that when LeBron left, the Cavs went, you know, they won in the low twenties, mid thirties. You have to obviously remember when LeBron left, everybody left. All those role players were old and they were signed to one-year deals because they were just trying to get that ring that one year and they didn't get it. So you pretty much had to start from scratch with the whole team. When they lost LeBron, they got minimal compensation back. So they pretty much had to start all over. Uh, Obviously, the big thing is the reason why LeBron is so um, impactful to the team is because players want to come play with him. If LeBron James was not on the Cavs, there's no way that 
uh, J.R. Smith would want to come here, and there's no way the Cavs ever would have made that move for him. There's no way they would have traded for Kevin Love. There's no way they would have signed Kyrie Irving to a long-term deal. There's no way they would have traded for Mozgov, Iman Shumpert, all these role players that want to come play with LeBron. They just wouldn't be here. So do you go into your MVP voting consideration because, hey, this guy is recruiting people to play for him? That's not That's not what the MVP is. I mean, the MVP is the best player making the most impact on his team. And I think if you look at the stats, you look at the numbers, yes, I understand that Cleveland was 1-5 without LeBron and Golden State was 2-1 and one without uh, Steph Curry. But they they won the playoff series in the West without Steph Curry. No, I, I agree. No, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, he has great players surrounding him. I, obviously, Draymond Green's been unreal. Klay Thompson is quietly one of the best players in the league. I get that, but it's not like LeBron doesn't have talent around him. He has Kevin Love. He has Kyrie Irving. He has Tristan Thompson. He has good players around him, and they went 1-5 in the East, which is a putrid conference. So I, I, I see why, you know, if you take LeBron James off the Cavs this year, they're a five seed. I get that. If you take Steph Curry off of the Golden State Warriors, they're probably a three or four seed in the West. But just look at the numbers. At this point, I mean, Steph Curry had an, one of the greatest seasons of all time. He he broke his own record of three-pointers by, what was it? I did the numbers here. I did the math. He had 402 three-pointers this year, which is ridiculous. He broke his old record from last year of 286. So he was the first player ever to have 300 three-pointers in one season and 400 three-pointers in one season. He led his team to a 73-9 and record, which broke the 95-96 Bulls record, and he started his own club, the 90-50-40 club. 90% free throw shooting, 50% field goal shooting, 40% three-point shooting. Other than rebounds, he had better numbers than LeBron James this year. Simple as that. I mean, I think it goes back to this. Is it? I'm sorry. He also had a LeBron had a better field goal percentage than he did. But other than that, um, and he had point one assists more than Steph Curry. So marginally, some categories LeBron James is better than Steph Curry. But over the course of the season, the body of work, I, you look at the numbers, and it's far and away. Steph Curry was the better player. He had an historical season. He had one of the greatest seasons ever. And you have to at this point when you have these two stars, one player who's so important to his team who put up gaudy stats like LeBron and then another player the top dog on a team that broke records who who himself broke a ton of records and had a better statistical season I think there's no question that Steph Curry is the MVP of the, of the NBA this year unanimous no but the I best player in the the MVP absolutely I think that there's no argument that he statistically had the best season in the NBA. There's no so he's the MVP, the most valuable player in the NBA. Well, there's two things. That's what that's what I'm saying. You can argue it the most valuable individual player or the most valuable player. What, what the value of what? The most valuable player in terms of results individually or the most valuable player to the team. So you you say that the Cavs are worse off without LeBron than Golden State is without Curry based on where you predicted they would be and if that's the case, how is LeBron not more valuable? Well, and again, it comes down to a formula. So, and I'm gonna I'm gonna quote a very credible source here, Wikipedia. So it has to be true. Okay, I googled <laughs> what is the NBA what is the NBA MVP, and it says the National Basketball Association Most Valuable Player is an annual National Basketball Association award given since 1955 to 56 season to the best performing player of the regular season. So again. 
the best performing player of the regular season? Is that the is that the most important player to his team, or is that the best performing player in all of the NBA? Okay. So so what, so, what so, you just, so so well if if you if you look at it as the most important player to his team. And again, I'm going to be a homer here. I'd say Isaiah Thomas is up for the MVP considerations. Not he he shouldn't win the MVP, but he should be considered because without Isaiah Thomas, the Celtics couldn't even beat the Hawks in a game. So I don't so, disagree that he couldn't be considered under under that terminology. I, I completely agree. I would give it to LeBron or Curry because I think their teams are better with them because those they're better players than him. But I, I don't disagree with that at all. Okay, so and at that point, so. Again, Steph Curry is very important to his team. Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors will not beat the Oklahoma City Thunder if Steph Curry is not healthy. Simple as that. I, I, I get they beat the Trailblazers. Great. The Blazers are a young team. They're inexperienced. The Oklahoma City Thunder have arguably two of the best players in the NBA on their team. There's no way that Oklahoma City or that Golden State wins without Steph Curry. And I'll take it a step further. I mean, you look at, I think, um, John Hollinger developed the, the player efficiency rating, the PER. So what this system does, it's a formula that boils down a player's contribution into one single number. So you, you take all the stats, you take all the numbers, and number one in the NBA with a 31.5 is Steph Curry. Number four in the NBA behind Curry, Westbrook, and Durant is LeBron James. So all the these stats, all these numbers are saying this guy was the best player in the NBA in 2015-2016. He's on the best team in the NBA in the 2015-2016 season. He's a record breaker. He has all these credentials from this season. He deserves the number one spot because he was the best player in the league right now. When their careers are over, and all the championships are done, all the MVPs are done, I'm probably going to go back and say LeBron James was the better player. But for the 2015-2016 season, I don't think it's close. And again, it's going to come down to what is the MVP. And until the NBA says it is the player who is the most important player to the individual team, then we're always going to have this argument. We're always going to have this conversation. And it's a good conversation. It's a good argument to have, but there's there's no right answer except for the guy that is walking home with the MVP trophy. I think the to kind of play devil's advocate to you both. I think the point is this: the the far and away guy. The far and away answer is it, the MVP this year was Steph Curry, but. I think this year and probably the past two years, LeBron James has been taken for granted. You forget exactly how good he is when, you know, he's been doing it for such a long and consistent streak. And you mentioned PER, and he's one of the all-time most efficient players up there. And we're, up, we're talking names like, like Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain, guys who just, you know, would jump up and, and drop the ball and, because nobody knew what a slam dunk was. He's up there with those guys. And I think the, the conversation was had by the national media because he was feeling slighted. You have to forget, you, people forget that LeBron is a millennial athlete. His image means something to him. His legacy means more to him probably than anything else in the entire uh, lexicon of the NBA. And for somebody to question if he is the man, it really affected him, and I think that is why you are going to see a four to zero 
series, this uh, Eastern Conference Finals, and then you're going to see one of the greatest NBA Finals we've ever seen. And I don't buy the argument about the wins totals because you can't you can't tell me that those wins aren't significantly impacted by the roster that Curry has around them. And no, of course, of course they are. And and to be honest, I mean, if you look at the plus minus numbers uh, for the year, Draymond Green is higher than Steph Curry. So Draymond Green contributes a lot to that. It's huge. But in the end, Steph Curry is the best player on that roster. He had an all-time season. I mean, it's not like LeBron James was averaging 35, 40 points a game and was averaging a triple-double every game. He had good numbers, but they they really they weren't his best numbers ever. They weren't great numbers. They were very, very good numbers. But Steph Curry had great numbers. He had transcending numbers. He made, no his, again, he... He made his own category shooting. He shot forty percent from three point. He's a post. Uh, he's a outside shooter who shot fifty percent from the field. He had four hundred three pointers. That, that is that a number that's ne- that. Yes, it does. That does mean something. How does that not mean anything? He broke a record by over a hundred three pointers that was originally hits. I mean, that just that's an all because he shot thing. more than anybody else ever did. Okay, because that's his role. That's that makes him a valuable player. He is the leader of the the best offense in the NBA, and he played pretty decent defense too, averaging two steals a game. So it's not like he's just he plays on one side of the floor. Now, is LeBron James a physical specimen? Absolutely. But Steph Curry, I mean, I'm sorry, the guy the guy had one of the best seasons all time an NBA player has ever had. If you're telling. me the award should go to the guy who had the best statistical season then i completely agree if you're telling me it should go to the guy most valuable to his team i will agree for the last 10 years lebron should have 10 mvps so i think the conclusion is neither one of us really know what to say <laughs> <laughs> well it, i mean it just it's 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 going to be us talking in circles over and over again which is this fine is a bar, this is our conversation exactly and that's fine that's why we do this because we like to go to the bar and we like to have conversations about sports and when Farky's in Tampa and I'm in New Hampshire and Burris is in Cleveland. This is the best way to do it. We have our virtual bar. Okay. Okay, Burris. So, (laughs) so we're going to have this conversation. We'll probably have this conversation again next year. And we're going to do what all the sports media does and have this conversation that what is the MVP? And that's fine. That's, that's the reason why podcasts and, and sports journalists have their job. I just think that at this point, you know, it's not like, it's not like, um, Steph Curry averaged 27 points a game and, you know, tied his record from last year in three pointers and shot 40% from the field and 30% from three. I think you just have to look at these numbers and be like, this is an, this is an historic season. And Steph Curry was the most valuable player on his team. He was the most valuable player in the NBA. He deserves the most valuable player. Now, next year, if that's not the case and, and he beats it, he, he wins the, the award over LeBron James. I might be defending LeBron James, which makes me sick to my stomach to think about. But if if that is who deserves the MVP, then I'll say it. And this year, Steph Curry deserves, deserves the MVP. Well, if, if that's the case, I mean, really, he needs LeBron needs to shoot about nine to ten more times a game if it's going to be statistically driven because that's what Curry shot more than him. So, so who who should have finished second, Luke? I mean, at this point, I think that. Uh, you make the point of Chris Paul. Obviously, they really struggled in the playoffs without him. But I, I think I'd give it to LeBron. I'd, I'd give the second place to LeBron. Leonard? Not Kawhi Leonard. Nah, that's a good point. Kawhi had a great. Oh, season. that's a 
that's an embarrassment to all the voters. What? What? How? Where did Kawhi finish? Second. Okay. So and this is a guy that was the number number two voted MVP that was found standing in the corner staring at Tony Parker taking a 19-footer with 10 seconds left in Game 7 of the series. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, you look at the stats of Kawhi Leonard, and we talked about this on an earlier show, and he had great stats this year. Uh, When it comes down to, with that team, I think, at this point, like I say, I think it's more of a formula. You look at the season, and you look at the importance to the team. Kawhi Leonard was great, but that San Antonio team is a well-oiled machine, and I think they would have found production elsewhere if Kawhi Leonard wasn't around. Again, I think he's a great player. I think he's going to have a, a huge role moving forward, especially as Ginobili and Tony Parker get up, get older and as Tim Duncan probably retires this year. But when I take my formula, if I'm a voter, I'm looking at, all right, Steph Curry won, LeBron James too because of the numbers he's putting up and because of his role in that team, he's my number two. Kawhi Leonard is probably in the top five. I probably would have had Durant or Westbrook up there over Kawhi Leonard. But after after LeBron James and um, Steph Curry, I think you can make an argument for anybody. It's like having the third overall pick in a fantasy football draft. You have your first two guys you know are studs, and after that you're like, ah, this guy's got pros, this guy's got cons. And I think this year in the NBA was the same exact way. So. Kawhi Leonard, huge value to his team, huge stats, but I like I like LeBron more than him this year. Give me give me a one word answer to to wrap up this circle that we're that we're talking. Then remove both of those players from their team. Which team's better? One word. Golden State. Golden State. Right. That's actually two words. But so should I say Warriors? No Warriors. Say Warriors. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Warriors. No, I, and and I agree, but I don't think that the. I don't. I don't think either team wins a championship without LeBron or without Steph Curry. So take that for what it's worth. You don't have to win a championship. We learned that from Charles Barkley stealing it from Michael Jordan. <laughs> and that was probably another case of they don't want to give this guy the the MVP every year. And I kind of get that. It, it kind of. I think if you give the same guy the MVP, it kind of loses its luster. Um, even though, again, he you might deserve it. it. You I, and I, I don't. I don't agree with that. Formula. What's that? You just talked for twenty minutes about a formula. Why? No, I no, I agree. No, see that's and that's what I'm saying is why I think how they vote, how the voters vote. I think that's why they do it. That uh, they don't want to see the same guy winning every year. Uh, that's why they kind of gifted Derek Jeter that MVP a few years ago uh, in the Major League Baseball because he hadn't, he'd never won, and he's getting older. Well, let's give it to him. I think after a point, the the sports writers. The human element comes in. If you want to have the – listen, there's a lot of smart people, a lot of people smarter than me that have PhDs in doing math. You can find a stat with taking the plus or minus minutes and taking their their PER and taking some other stat that some nerd from Harvard made up, and you can find the true MVP of the league each year. But it comes down to it's a human element. And from now until hopefully forever, it's going to be a human element because I think that you need a human element in sports. That's why I hope that that's why I hate how they always have this review in basketball. It slows down the game, kills the game. That's why I hope they never change to automated strikes and balls in baseball. Um, You need to have that human element in everything sports related. And that's why you see sometimes 
guys who deserve the MVP. And again, I'm not saying LeBron deserved it this year. Steph Curry deserved it. But you have guys who might deserve the MVP and they don't win it because the human element comes in and switches everything up. So that's my take. The only downside is you got guys voting because because of tweets. Right, which is asinine. And again, that's asinine. That's stupid. That's they they should find a way to fix the MVP process. How do you do it? I have no idea. You're not going to take Twitter away from the journalists. You're not going to take Twitter away from the athletes. It's it's just getting to the point where I think some of these guys are getting entitled. And the fact that Simmons came out and said that he didn't vote for LeBron James because of his tweets is is terrible. And I, I you know me, I, I find every reason not to defend LeBron. And in this case, I will defend him. It's. It's that's not the way to do it, especially when you're right. LeBron does take these things so seriously and everybody's going to remember. They're going to look back on how many MVPs he won. It's going to be part of the whole Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, yada, 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 the best player ever, top five, whatever. And they're always going to come back to MVPs and championships. And if LeBron has one or two less MVPs than the other guys and he's a notch below, that'll be a chip on his shoulder. But hey, King, suck it up. I know you. I know you can't help it because of your attitude towards LeBron. But you don't think Kobe and Michael wanted all the recognition they could possibly receive? I'm sure they did. Absolutely, and I, I almost guarantee they did. Uh, but you know, we don't hear it as much now as we would have back then because, unfortunately, because of social media, Twitter, Facebook. There's constant 24-7 paparazzi on these guys and constantly being asked questions, and it's a different time. And listen, if, if, if LeBron wants to be the millennial-type player, so be it. But you're going to have people like me who remember the Kobe's and the Michaels and all the great players back in the mid-'90s who you didn't hear them talk about, you know, I'm going to go zero dark, 30-23, I don't need distractions – on Instagram and then like, you know, Brazilian butt models. So good point. Um, so, and that's, and that's, <laughs> that's just, that's just how it is in 2016. And if you want to watch the sport, you gotta, you gotta take, take those lumps, I guess. So, um, but again, we're going to have this conversation every year and I hope to have it every year. It's, it's again, it's what makes sports fun. It's what keeps us up at night talking about sports into our computer with all the lights off and our wives thinking less of us. Um, <laughs> but, but that's what happens when you're a dude who loves sports. So um, any last comments about either the series, about LeBron James, about Steph Curry? Uh, Burris, we kept you pretty quiet, so I'll give you the first shot here. Well, I know when to get out of my own way and just let you two roll. But all I got to say is, uh, strive for greatness. We're on our we're on our way to the finals, baby. There you go, Farky. Anything you want to promote here? Any uh, anything you want to say? Uh, really, just that uh, I'm looking forward to the series against the Warriors. So, hopefully, I'll be fortunate enough to have an invite back leading into that series because. Um, it's uh, it's going to be pretty exciting, especially to hear really what type of recognition you'd give LeBron if Curry can't win after this historic season, can't win the finals. <laughs> hey, you know, if if LeBron James, if LeBron James takes down Steph Curry, even though I think it's going to be Oklahoma City in the finals, uh, 
if LeBron takes down Steph Curry, I will give LeBron his due. I always said I will give LeBron his due. And until he wins it with his team, it's just like young Daniel in a league from the Ville. I'm not going to call him by his real name until he actually wins a championship. Cause I'm sick and tired of hearing him talking. So until then he won't get my respect. Same thing with LeBron. I want to see him win it on his own. I want to see him overcome adversity for the first time in his life and win a championship on his own. And until he does that, I'm going to be critical of him. Um, and if he be, if he, if he outmans Steph Curry, I'll give him that. But again, the MVP is about the best player in the regular season. And I still think Steph Curry is the best player in the regular season. And with that, I'm going to drop the mic and I'm going to let you know, you can find us on glory podcast. You like that? Farky, they taught us that in uh, broadcasting school that when you make your point and you're the host of the show, you just keep on talking. That way, your guests can't over uh, talk over you. So, uh, Fair enough. Little, <laughs> little note for you. So, again, find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast, Facebook, Never Ending Glory Podcast. Send us your emails if you think LeBron James should have been the MVP. Let me know at negpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we do have that companion blog www.negpodcast.com I want to thank you Jerry for staying out of the way for the last 30 minutes well no problem I I also want to thank you Jason Farkas for rushing home from a fancy dinner with your with your co-workers Uh, I hope they take a listen to this podcast and they agree with me that Steph Curry is the better player this year Um, if not then I don't know whatever why don't we get a healthy retweet like uh, going on the Twitter, a healthy retweet like he's yeah. d- <laughs> he's showing his age here. <laughs> yeah, seriously, what the hell is that? <laughs> Start that over then. What? <laughs> no, no, God, no, we're keeping that. All right, gold. we'll see you later. Gold. <laughs> so a healthy. Go ahead. I want you to explain what a healthy retweet like is. If if you if you think LeBron's the MVP, retweet. If you think <laughs> Steph Curry is like. What's, like that, it. Okay. what's that called? Make sure you do that on the twatter. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I, we can definitely pose that question to our 40, 40 Twitter followers. And like I mentioned last night, I think 15 of them are sex bots. But we will definitely uh, – oh, wait a minute. Oh, hmm. Steph Curry said NBA record for three-pointers in 45 straight playoff games. Wow. This guy sucks. Um, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this is the NeverEnding Glory podcast. Luke Jerry Farkas signing out. Thank you very much. Until next time, enjoy watching these conference finals. We'll be back with more analysis and probably more conversation about who's better, LeBron or Steph Curry. Peace.